from Nordic Institute and the Sault Ste. Marie Innovation Center's Rural Agri-Innovation Network, we are committed to promoting resilient Northern Ontario communities. Over the years, we have built local economies, attracted young people to education and employment opportunities, and bridged the gaps between communities, funders, and leaders. Now we are partnering to bring you a brand new podcast series, The PackSec Project. If you have ever packed for a trail hike, you may have thought, did I really need to pack this expensive camera gear? What is essential to this trip? The PackSack Project is all about exploring the essential relationships, attitudes, and mindsets that Northern communities need as we adapt to change and challenges. Without further ado, let me introduce you to today's host, David Thompson. Just before the lockdown, I was at the Restaurants Canada show, which is the largest Canadian food service trade show. Being there surrounded by chefs, companies, the news about COVID was the furthest thing from our minds, and who knew that for the next three months we'd be in lockdown. In this episode, we want to kick off speaking to hearing from different entrepreneurs and leaders about how they spent their time in lockdown in 2020. In today's episode, I'm speaking to Jessica West, who is the owner of Trezor Kombucha from Timmins. And Jessica will share how her business started and then thrived over the last few years. We'll speak about how Kombucha helped her heal from a traumatic brain injury and start a new social enterprise. Thanks, Jess, uh, very much for speaking with us today about your business. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Jess, for those of us who have no idea, what is kombucha and how did you get interested in it? For sure. So kombucha is an ancient fermented tea that dates back uh, like 2000 years ago. Uh, legends say that the emperor at the time was actually drinking it to increase his lifespan. And that stuck. So the first commercial kombucha was actually uh, brought to America in 1995. And so it's been renowned for its health benefits. And through the fermentation process, live bacteria and enzymes are created. So it'll have a similar effect on your body as would, you know, eating yogurt. It has the same kind of beneficial bacteria. And so I was first introduced to kombucha when I was working in a health food store in Western Canada. I was actually just recovering from uh, food poisoning at the time. And one of my coworkers said, oh, you should try kombucha. It was rye's ginger ale. And they said, um, it tastes like a natural ginger ale, is what they said. So I was like, oh, okay, might as well. And from that first sip, I was hooked. It helped my stomach and I just, I really enjoyed the taste. So kombucha quickly became, you know, a staple in my diet. And I just, I couldn't get enough of it at that point. And from what I understand, it's fermented tea. And then there is something called a SCOBY. That's an acronym for something that I forget. Could you go through that? Yeah, for sure. So the SCOBY is an acronym for symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. So how it works is, um, so you'll put the SCOBY inside the um, your freshly brewed tea with sugar. So you have to add um, quite a bit of sugar for that. And that gets converted through the fermentation. And so the yeast actually eat the sugar and convert it into ethanol, so alcohol and uh, carbon dioxide. And then the bacteria eat the ethanol and really convert that into the beneficial uh, probiotic bacteria and organic acids. So it really all works together and you you, um, you ferment that for you know a week to um, 30 days and then um, it becomes naturally fizzy 
uh, the alcohol goes down and the sugar gets eaten. So it's naturally low in sugar. Okay, gotcha. So I understand uh, just from your bio on, on your website that you had an experience being in a car accident in 2015. And you mentioned there that the kombucha was kind of part of your recovery. Could you just take us through that? Yeah. So, um, so in 2015, I had just returned home from uh, Western Canada. I had moved back to Timmins. Uh, and about a week and a half later, I was involved in a motor vehicle accident uh, that left me with a traumatic brain injury and several fractures that, you know, it was a three year recovery from that. And I spent, you know, a month and a half in the hospital. But early on, I feel like just what the doctors expected. So I wasn't expected to survive the first three days and then I had, and there was just a lot of things placed, limitations placed upon me, you know, and just kind of things that I may not be able to do. And I ended up recovering really well. And so early on, I started looking at my diet, which was primarily, it was plant-based. I was following a vegan diet and a raw diet as well. And um, kombucha, as I said, was a staple and almost like an everyday an everyday thing for me. And early on, even, you know, at the time when I was recovering enough to be able to make outings from the hospital, one of my first stops was at a natural health food store in Sudbury, where I had, you know, stocked up on kombucha so that I can even have some in the hospital. It wasn't until like um, two years into my recovery that I really stopped myself and looked back and said, wow, I made so much progress. And then I started to really look into the foods that I was eating and kombucha. I started doing more research on kombucha at that point, um, just to see if there was a link and if it could have benefited me in my recovery. And I really believe that it did. Uh, and it helped, you know, throughout the recovery and just knowing that, um, or through my research, that anything that's good for the gut is also great for the mind. And I didn't really realize that at the time that, you know, your gut and your mind are connected. It was at that point that I realized, you know what, I've been consuming kombucha and natural foods that are, you know, naturally good for the gut. And I was probably without knowing benefiting my brain and aiding in my recovery. Yeah. And I think like a lot of people miss that, I guess that holistic part of the relationship that food has, not just calories we ingest, but something that we need to see is more part of how our mind works. That's, that's a great point. Absolutely. It's so fascinating. Then you kind of got started into selling kombucha after to what you experienced, I would imagine. And so uh, what was your vision for starting this business? Yeah, absolutely. So after, you know, noticing some of the benefits with that, I started brewing it myself uh, because I wanted to infuse some of the, um, you know, the, the kind of healing ingredients that I knew of turmeric especially because that was something that I was consuming a lot and so I wanted to put you know my own ingredients in so I started uh, brewing myself and sharing it with friends and then after having great feedback that's when I really thought hey I can really start something with this and so that's pretty much how it started and I started selling at the farmers markets to you know to see where it would take me and so my vision for the company was really I wanted to create healthy recipes and simple recipes. So I didn't want to put a bunch of confusing ingredients. I think most kombuchas are like that too. It's a very simple, it's simple to make and it's a simple process and we like to keep it, you know, as simple as possible just with natural ingredients. So I really wanted to make that with ingredients that I knew, you know, that were beneficial to the brain and just high in antioxidants. And that really had helped me through my experience. Uh, and I really wanted to 
have a channel to give back to my local brain injury community. And so having started a business, I wanted to use some of the profits to donate to help other brain injury survivors within Ontario. So I saw it as a channel to really bring my vision of being able to to donate and bring awareness to brain injury, increase the awareness of that. Also, while, you know, selling an amazing product with health benefits and that really just tastes great and that could, um, I think, help a lot of people. Yeah. And what was that the launch like in terms of getting initial customer feedback in the city of Timmins? So it was actually really great. Uh, I had first started at the farmer's market in 2019. And I remember the first day going there and I was nervous because kombucha was still relatively new here. I had uh, little booklets and brochures that kind of explaining what kombucha was. And I remember that first hour, the first uh, farmer's market, and I didn't have too many customers. So I was getting really nervous thinking, oh my God, is this a good idea? Is this a good idea? But right after that, I had sold out that day and I sold out multiple times that first year that I actually, you know, packed up and left early because I couldn't keep up with the demand and the interest for the products and people were so great and at giving their feedback and suggesting new flavors and things that they would like to try and the regulars would come and say, you know, I, I tried this one and I like it, but I like this one better. And so everyone was just really supportive and I think really um, happy to see this product locally made. And now you're expanding the business, serving retailers, different parts of the North. How did that uh, experience go of expanding the business during the pandemic? During the pandemic, it actually rerouted my idea for the business. So originally when I was planning to launch Trésor Kombucha, I was looking for my own location here in Timmins. And I spent about a year on planning and preparing that and working with architects and engineers to create a plan and set everything in motion. And then that was when the first lockdown had hit. And then at that point, I was thinking, okay, well, I'm ready to go to market. I want to market this and start creating the business and making an impact. And I didn't know at that point whether I was going to be able to proceed with building if the, you know, the lockdowns were going to restrict some of the construction. And then even for materials, there was a short supply of that. So it was that point that I decided to actually partner with a co-packer. And so that kind of took me into a different route. But doing that just allowed me to be able to expand quicker to market and then be able to really test the market in terms of like, you know, retailing in stores and to see what consumer feedback in retail stores were, you know, with other kombucha brands on the store shelves too, to really good feedback, good consumer feedback. And then another another challenge that, you know, the pandemic had brought in scaling is the the short supply of certain ingredients. We weren't really able to launch with all the products that we would have wanted because there was some limited supply. And I think that's with the pandemic, but also with the year that we had, I know in Northern Ontario anyways, we had, uh, I think a frost in June, which had really damaged a lot of the crops. And so some of like the, the fruits and herbs that I would put in my kombucha were really short supply. So that kind of, you know, halted plans for new flavor development. Those are the challenges that I faced, but being able to launch the two flavors and get in the stores, I still experience a lot of success in expanding the business. 
And um, particularly in the north, I feel like, you know, we're where it's a small community and we all just really want to help each other out. So in that sense, being able to, you know, expand in tenants, we're in 15 stores and we're branching out into Capascasing and Manitou Lodge. So um, that has been really welcoming and really, um, I'm not going to say easy, but, you know, it was simpler to grow than I had expected, given all the challenges to actually get the business off the ground. Yeah. So in Northern Ontario, your market is Timmins and the surrounding areas. You know, you mentioned geography might be a factor to expand it further, but what are some of the other ways that the North is a great place or maybe not so great place for starting a beverage business like you have? I think the great place, I mean, we have amazing opportunities here in the North, just in terms of like a grant opportunity funding, government grants. I think being in the North, we have a lot more opportunity here to start a business than some people may have down south. And there's also that community feel of other business owners just always wanting to lend a helping hand and really help people grow and you know share their knowledge and connections with everyone because they really want to see more business brought to the north and they want to see everybody succeed. I would say one of the biggest challenges of being in the north is the shipping. You know, shipping is expensive and it's also hard to come by. And so now that I'm looking at expanding in different areas, shipping is one of the main kind of bottlenecks that come up with that. And so that would be the hardest part. Now, for kombucha, you've mentioned a lot of the health benefits with it. But are there some rules in terms of how you market the product or label the product in terms of marketing those health benefits? And how do you go through that issue? There is, yeah. So first and foremost, kombucha is really just a refreshing beverage. It has supposed health benefits, as in, you know, many people will experience the health benefits. I, for one, have experienced health benefits, but that's just personal experience. Like right now, there isn't any real scientific studies of the benefits of kombucha. There is about probiotics, which kombucha is said to have some the organic acids, but not the entire product kombucha. So there's still a long way to go in terms of that. I, I like to mention some of the health benefits, but I make sure that, you know, when I say that, I reference some of the studies. I say research suggest. I never actually make real claims to say it will help you. So it's really just a refreshing beverage that can make you feel good. But if ever anybody actually wants to cure or heal something, it's always recommended to speak to their healthcare professional because it's a beverage, not a health product. Now, you've mentioned the government grants that were out there. Has it been any other people or organizations that have been really vital to your success to get this off the ground? Yeah, well, I mean, it is still part of the government, but the Timmins Economic Development Corporation here in Timmins has really helped connect and access opportunities to really write your business plan and access other grant opportunities. And there's also Link North here, and they provide workshops to really you know, develop or find out your, who your target market is, really establish your finances and develop that business model. So that was really invaluable. And then some of the organizations, um, I partnered with a local business here in town to be able to warehouse my kombucha. So that partnership is absolutely vital to the company. There's also, you know, that my early on customers that were with me right from the beginning, right from the idea of kombucha and um, starting to work on the business plans. Um, I had about four retailers that were ready and willing right away to take on my product. And so that was 
really great and just, you know, encouraging to keep moving forward when things got tough. No, that's great. And we'll certainly share some of the resources there in the show notes. So in the future, where are you hoping to take the business next? So I'm really hoping to just be able to scale the business as much as I can right now. So we're looking at different areas, partnering with some distributors to hopefully reach, you know, the southern markets of Ontario. And then if we can expand even further to go into different provinces, the sky is the limit. I would really love to see this expand. And really, I'm hoping to really create an impact in terms of our donation to brain injury and just creating awareness of brain injury and mental health. I think this time is, you know, mental health is really at the forefront right now. And so I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity. I'm really excited to be able to share and educate and really bring value to people. Yeah, absolutely. And the platform that you have in the story is a great way to raise that awareness. So that's great. So just, I guess, in closing for like, if we had uh, other entrepreneurs listening to your story who are trying to start a food or beverage business, what would be your advice for them just starting out? Just would really the network. I think network is key. And that's something that I did early on too, with some of the Link North and TDC events, but networking with other local business owners, so they can give you ideas and give you connections. I'd also reach out to the Ministry of Agriculture and Food and Rural Affairs to see, you know, what kind of workshops you could attend with them, uh, what kind of contacts they can get you in contact with, just so you can really have a well-rounded community of support to help you start out. That's great advice. And certainly for those listening, you can sign up to the Rural Agri Innovation Network's newsletter as well to get information about events like this. And thank you, Jess, for speaking with us today. And I wish you all the best in where your journey will go next. Thank you so much for having me here. It's fun. So join us again where we'll be speaking with other Northern entrepreneurs and organizations. We'd love to hear what you think about today's episode. We're on Facebook and Instagram at The Packsack Project. And you can also find us on Twitter at The Packsack Pod. If you're not on social media, you can email us at packsackproject at gmail.com. To find more episodes of the Packsack Project, head to nordicinstitute.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcast. Your participation and support means a lot to us, so thank you for following us online.